welcome back to my podcast. So in this episode, I will talk about binge eating. Now, I will tell you this is going to be a long one. So the reason behind, because I really wanted to give you my honest experience with the binge eating that basically took my life over and nearly took my life away. So just a heads up, it will be long, it will be brutally honest, but can I shock you at this stage? Well, if not yet, I possibly will. So prepare yourself. Now, um, so we went through obviously my anorexia, my bulimia and regarding binge eating, let's clear it up first. So in my words, binge eating is like eating as much as you possibly can in one go. Now, some people may not warm it after, so may not getting into bulimia or using laxative pills. Some people do. Now, I was one of them who straight ahead basically running to the toilet to put my fingers down to my throat to get rid of everything. And on the top on it, I used dual clocks. It's a laxative pills basically to flush out everything. Now, to give you a hint how bad is my binge eating phases periods were, numerous times I could have died. And this is very serious and that's why I'm dedicating a good amount of time for this. Because I fainted when nobody was around, banged my head, I developed epileptic fits, uh, sugar problems, obviously gut problems, financial problems and you name it. And it really took my life over. But I even have a nickname for it. I call it Nyom nyom. Don't ask me why, but my binge eating phases was like basically nyom nyom. And I was actually happy about it. Like this was this was the this this is the most scariest thing that I was excited and happy to do my nyom nyom. And I didn't realize that what I was doing to myself. And you know, like when we're talking about my binge eating phases, I wasn't just like a pizza or a couple of cookies. Jesus Christ, no. Over the 17 years, guys, I got to that stage that I could fucking inhale three or four limo-sized pizzas. If you've never seen a limo-sized pizza, like it's basically like one meter long pizza. I could easily eat that in one go with like a whole cake, not just a slice of cake, like easily a whole cake, maybe two cakes, depends on how much I could fit into me. And then packs of biscuits, cookies, chocolates. Now I wasn't like just had one chocolate. It was like at least like 10 big bars of chocolates. I wasn't going like with small ones. I was fucking going for it. And if I could fit more myself into me, then maybe like two or three packs of crepes as well. And I switched on Netflix, I was watching Friends or biking or cooking shows or whatever I wanted to do uh, or watched. And it was lasted like 
three to four hours or sometimes it's honestly like for a whole day because it depended on how much food how much time I had so yeah I was basically like you know how I felt about it it was basically like my safe moment like I came home and I already did my shopping before like regarding biscuits so I, I was actually preparing for it um, and then I was ordering like food obviously like the pizzas the burgers and Chinese whatever I fancied of and I kind of like closed the word out I didn't want it to know about anything like obviously I was hanging off on social media why not make this even worse for myself but yeah it was kind of like I felt like a safe spot like I was explaining to myself so me and my dad were really close to each other and when I was 18 he passed away and he was kind of like a castle for me if you know what I mean I felt like he he was the one who was really protected me no matter what even though when he was like an alcoholic up to that he was alive I felt safe I felt like no matter what's going to happen he's there he's my fucking like soldier and that's it and when he passed away like I felt this was gone so these yum-yums I was kind of explaining to myself these are my safe spots like I even explained I can do this because this is my safe spots and I can't tell you exactly why I thought like that, but like it was honestly something that that I could escape from the world and I could just do it by myself. Nobody was knowing what's going on, what I was doing and just have my own time. Because when, as a personal trainer, when I was teaching classes or doing one-to-one or, or being out, I felt like exposed to, to everybody. And I used this yum yum time as my own time and nobody could kind of like find me. Nobody can discover what I was doing. And that was my me time. And it sounds like shite. Because if you thought about it, like if you think about it, like your me time shouldn't be like fucking beijing and vomiting and using like fucking door clocks. Like that just like sad, but... Now I see how how depressed I was. But at that time, I didn't understand it. Now, how it started for me, like I was thinking, I'm thinking I was around 15, 16 when I really started to develop like binge eating. And obviously because like my mind and my body was starving for food because of the anorexia, like I basically wanted to eat carbs and sugar all the time. It was 24-7 in my head. Like, I was thinking about food 24-7. So, I was suffering, like, in many ways. Because I was suffering mentally, keep thinking about food. And I was suffering, like, I, I needed to hide it. So, obviously, I didn't want anybody to know about it. I was still living at home. And I was like, how, how, how am I going to do this? Like, I didn't want it to think about food all the time. So I was like, you know what? 
Now that we figured out the method with the bulimia, I might as well just gonna go for it. So it started actually with these family lunches, because obviously, even though that um, my dad passed away, we kind of kept these family lunches. But when I was 15, 16, like he was still around. And I started to use these family lunches and just fucking inhale the food. Like I told you before that how much food my mom used to make, used to cook. She was a really good cook. And I didn't want it to be like, no, I'm not eating this. I was like, fuck it. Now we can know how to get rid of it. Just fucking go for it. Make yourself sick. And then use dual clocks. Now, I can't remember how actually... um Duocologues came into the in, into my mind, even though I'm really trying to think about it. But I just remember that my granny used to have it with her medicines uh, in her kitchen drawer. So when I discovered Duocologues, I was like, I'm fucking winning this. I could eat. I made myself sick. I got rid of everything. On the top on it, I can use Duocologues to basically shit everything out from me. So I was thinking that Dorcolox was clearing out everything that maybe the little bits and pieces stayed in my stomach. Now, when I started to use Dorcolox in the beginning, I had really bad tummy cramps. But that just kind of like didn't stop me. So it's it felt like when I started to smoke, you know, like or any kind of like bad habits when you start. Like when I started to smoke, I felt sick in the beginning and I was disgusted by the cigarette, but I didn't stop. You know it's bad for you, but you're still fucking doing it because it's an addiction. And you wanted to do it. It's it, it's interesting, isn't it? If you think about it, how these addictions are starting, like mainly the bad ones, like you know it's bad for you, you know it's not good for your body, but you're still fucking doing it. Even though you're feeling sick, you're feeling shite, like you name it. Now, but basically, my life was eat, puke, dulcolox, and the weight was going down, and I was fucking loving it. Now, I don't want to get, like, over the 17 years, each story is what I went through, but I want to give you a couple of them to understand how bad I was, and now I can say that I'm fucking recovered from it. So I mentioned it so many times to you. If I could do it, you can fucking do it. So the first story that I want to give you um, is basically, I think I was around 16-ish when the first time I got into the hospital. Um, it was, the whole story started, like one of my swim mates, she... She got like a really bad virus and she was continuously puking and had 41 degree temperature as well. And she was obviously admitted to hospital and everybody was worried and like she was in very dangerous conditions. And you know what I was thinking? I was like, fuck, I could do it too. I could just fucking puke out everything. And okay, I couldn't develop a temperature, but... Like, maybe I could pretend that I had the same virus, just a little bit lesser degree. So I kind of used her unfortunate health conditions on myself. Because when she got out from hospital, I think she was in hospital for a week. Everybody was commenting her that how tiny she is, how thin she is. 
and everybody was like felt so sorry for her and giving her sympathy and they wanted to make sure that she's okay and stuff like that and i'm like i fucking want this this is how i used to think how sick i was i wasn't actually trying to help to her to become healthier again because obviously she lost a lot of weight like and she was in hospital for a week she was in quite dangerous situations i was thinking that i can fucking do this so i basically started to eat whatever i wanted now i couldn't necessarily do all the time like a huge binge eating so sometimes i just had like a pack of biscuits and the hot chocolate and i got rid of it sometimes i had an apple and i got rid of it and i started to lie and say to everybody that nothing stays in my stomach everything just coming out now obviously my parents got scared they were like oh jesus she's having the same that her swimmates has so we might just take her to the hospital i was like oh okay like i didn't really want it to go that far but i was like might as well we're just going to run with the light that i have So my dad actually brought me to the hospital one of the morning and they did a quick checkup and the doctor was like well okay um we're going to keep you in. And I was like what do you mean? And he was like you seriously dehydrated. We cannot let you anywhere because you are in a dangerous situation. We're going to keep you in, put you on infusion and then we need to do more exams to see what's happening with you. I was like okay I'm just going to go home pack my stuff and then come back and they were like no you don't understand it you are in a dangerous situation we can't let you to to go anywhere I was like fuck I didn't want to do that so my dad went home to pack my bag to pack my stuff they gave me a pyjama to actually like put on and they put me in a bed and they put me on infusion with carbs and sugar and whatever you need at that stage because I was seriously dehydrated and then after that I needed to do some other tests as well such as like blood test and they made me to do a stool stool right poop basically poop test now that was one of the most embarrassing moment in my life anyhow I've done all that um my parents came in later on they brought me by stuff and also they obviously wanted to check on me what's going on and i think i was in hospital for like 3 4 days they done all the tests obviously everything came back everything is fine like nothing was going on um but when they released me they asked my parents to go on a diet and Nowadays it's called like the bread diet. It was bun- it's basically banana rice apples and toast. It's for people that they have diarrhea or vomiting and their t- stomach is actually like quite fragile. At that stage, at that time, back in Hungary, it was boiled potato and rice. Now, I didn't lose weight because obviously they tried to maintain and increase my weight in the hospital so because i didn't lose weight i was obviously afraid to eat the potato and the rice but because my parents forced me then i was like okay i really need to do this secretly to actually get rid of it because i didn't want it to go back into the hospital but i got a little bit of attention from from my schoolmates obviously and my swimming mates that i was in hospital but i didn't get the attention that i wanted i wanted the same because I, I, i was actually basically jealous of that girl how tiny she become and in my head i was like she didn't have any fucking virus she did it for herself because she wanted to be tiny 
this is how I used to think, guys. I know it's sick and I told you I'm going to be brutally honest and probably shocking you. But this is how I used to think. I was jealous. I was disappointed that I didn't get the same attention, that people didn't say to me that, oh, how tiny you are, how thin you are, blah, 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 blah. And it was just like, whatever, you know. I was just keep going on, like, because, girl, well, even though that the doctor told me that I was seriously dehydrated, my health is in fucking danger, it didn't stop me. And I was just like, okay, you know what? I'm just keep going, trying to be quiet as much as I can regarding my vomiting and stuff like that. And let's see what will the world brings. Now, um, this is one of the story when the first time I got into hospital. Obviously, I was in hospital after that numerous times. I didn't necessarily lose weight, but I didn't necessarily gain weight neither. And it's kind of like nothing stopped me. Now, the second story, um, before I tell you that, you might, I'm, I'm, as I keep saying, you might going to get shocked, but at this stage, I don't think so that I can shock you, but I never told this to anybody, so when my dad died, he basically fell asleep, I was 18 years old, it was in January, just right after our birthday, because um, me and my brother, we are twins, by the way, anyhow, when I found him dead in his bed, um, you know what popped into my head as a first kind of like thought? That now it will be easy to be thin. Now I don't have to do that much lies. Why I'm not eating, why I'm not eating. Because it's an emotional trauma. I will be there. People will accept. People will accept that I'm going to lose weight. I never told this to anybody because I felt ashamed. I was standing right next to my dead body that who just passed away. And that was this was the first thought in my head. I, I, I'm fucking shocked right now. Like, I, I can't really find the words because as I said to you, I, nev- I never talked about this to anybody because I'm ashamed, I was ashamed, but do you understand how sick I was mentally, this is, this was me, now, um, the second story actually happened, when I was around 18, and like, after my dad passed away, I basically developed epileptic fits, yeah, so, when my dad passed away, obviously my mom wanted to change around her uh, their bedrooms because, which is understandable, how can you sleep in the same bed that your husband died? Yeah, so she wanted to change around the whole bedroom, including all the furniture, all the walls, everything. And as good kids with my brothers, because my sister already lived in Budapest at that stage in the city center, so me and my brother was at home. We were helping. And I was like, mm, this is going to be a great distraction, distraction for me. So it will be a good workout because I need to clean out all this shit and then remove the wall paintings. And then also like it will be a good distraction for my head. So I won't be thinking about food because obviously it didn't get better. Now, 
when we were working on the room, my brother was like, okay, I'm just going to eat something. I was like, okay, yeah, go ahead. And I was just keep working on the room. But I felt the smell from the kitchen. He was making fucking toasted sandwiches. Guys, we used to have this old school griller that you can make these amazing toasties. And I still remember the smell of the melted cheese, butter and smoky ham. And I was like, that's it. I'm going and joining. So I went out to the kitchen. I think I made like 10 toasts if not more. And obviously, um, as a dessert, I have, like, I think, a pack of cookies, chocolate, whatever I found in the fridge or in the cupboard. And then obviously, I ran into the bathroom, to the toilet. It was a good timing, because my mom was at work, so she wasn't at home. Um, My granny was in her room, watching Tally, and my brother kind of, like, took a siesta time. So... I was like, great timing, let's just fucking do this. Um, and obviously I got rid of everything. I Then I went to grab my door clocks from my granny's kitchen. I popped one or two in because obviously that was kind of like a misuse as well. And then I went into my bedroom and I felt something was really, really, really off. Like I was sweating, I was trembling and I'm like, I felt really, really thirsty as well. And I was like, something is not okay. Now my bedroom, as soon as you stepped into the house and you looked to the right, you could see my bedroom and my door was pretty much always open. And my mom just came home from work and she said hi. And that was the last moment I remembered. The following morning, I woke up in the hospital. I had no clue what happened. And I saw like six or eight beds and with people were sleeping. And I saw like a light and I was like, let's just go see what, what, what what's there. And I walked out to the light and it was a corridor of the hospital. And I saw, I saw two nurses and they were like, Everything is all right. And that was again my last picture. I'm fainting. And then the following morning when I woke up, uh, the doctor came in and said to me that I had an epileptic fit. And they need to uh, keep me in to make sure that everything is all right. I was like, for fuck's sake, I don't want to stay in the hospital for another day. Let me go home. And they were like, no, we need to make sure that you are actually fine. And then they didn't really say anything else because I was like, okay, but what happened? And they were like, you had an epileptic fit. I was like, okay, but what happened? And they were like, your mom is going to come in later on. She will tell you everything. I was like, okay, great. So my mom came in after work and she told me that as soon as she stepped in and said hi, I basically fainted. My body was like shaking and trembling and she realized I had an epileptic fit. So as a first kind of like reaction, she ran into the bedroom and tried to grab my tongue. So I'm not going to swallow it, but she couldn't really. So she just turned to my side and then called the ambulance. And basically the ambulance took me to the hospital. And that's the story. And she was also saying to me that I was keep asking what I was eating. And did I go to the toilet? Now, in my head, I was like, fuck, she knows it. I was so scared that she's going to know about my eating disorders that I was like, Jesus Christ, I hope I didn't tell anything. Like, does she know? Does she doesn't know? And I was like, what, 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 did I say anything else? 
She was like, now you would just keep asking what did you eat, if you actually went to the bathroom or you didn't go to the bathroom or that's it. And I was like, oh, thank God. It was kind of huge relief for me that she didn't know about it. And that was a mistake because I should, I, I should have taught her that time. Now, release, I got released from the hospital the following day and I got a medication for my epileptic fits, which I know it was wrong because I didn't have epileptic fits because, because of that, whatever was going on. I had epileptic fits because of my beet eating and bulimia. And they were obviously like, yeah, so making sure that no alcohol, no vibrating lights and stay safe. Now, you're talking to an 18-year-old kid and even though that I was suffering from eating disorders, I still try to pretend that I'm a fun kid, um, teenager. So I was obviously going out with my friends, drinking and stuff like that. So when they told me this, I was like, yeah, right, whatever. Obviously, at that stage, I wasn't a professional swimmer. I think I stopped swimming when I was like 16, 17. So anyhow, like um, the whole story, the whole moral of this story that I got epileptic fits and it still didn't stop me. And I knew it was wrong. And I was taking the medications and I was still keeping my eating disorders, my bulimia, my um, binge eating, my anorexia. And I'm still surprised that I fucking didn't pass away. Like, it's it's really serious and dangerous now that I'm thinking that what kind of situations that I put myself into. Because over these 17 years, obviously, um, my house just got totally destroyed. I lost my period. I got, guys, I don't have period for the last 10 years. Not even a sign of it, nothing. Yeah, you might be asking, does that mean that you can have kids? I don't know. Anyhow, I will talk to you about this in a later episode. Right now, um, I know it's getting way too long because it's nearly half an hour and I still want to tell you one more story. So bear with me on that, okay? But basically, um, over the 17 years, my house got really damaged. My teeth got absolutely destroyed. Um, I lost so many friends, relationships. I caused myself huge financial troubles. And I was still keep going. And this last story for you, um, this is the last one, I promise, is the one that is the eye-opening. Now, it wasn't an eye-opening straight after it happened. So, and it happened recently. It was actually in April 2023, and now it's December 2023. But what happened, basically, I went out with my girlfriend's three girls' night out, Happy fucking days. Um, it was a Friday night and I was really tired because the whole week I was basically doing yum yum and using dual clocks and on the top of it I was working. So yes, I was pretending to everybody else that I'm fucking good, healthy as Larry, all, all happy, all joy. But I was actually doing binge eating, bulimia and dual clocks. Anyhow, um... So this Friday night, when we went out, I got seriously drunk. To the level that I could barely walk home. 
I was walking against of the wall when I was walking home because I couldn't walk straight. Even though in that time, I was ordering my fucking Chinese takeaway. Because yes, I was like, it's yum yum time. I already brought my bought my food like the cookies, pastries, um, cakes, biscuits, you name it, for the following day. Because I was planning to do yum yum the following Saturday after work. However, when I started to drink, I just couldn't fucking control it, and that was it. So I came home, I got my food, I started to eat, um, and then I passed out. I woke up around 4 a.m. on the floor. And I didn't know really what happened. I was just like, the only thing that I could think of, did I make myself sick or did all the food that I had stayed in my stomach? I went to the bathroom and it was no sign of sickness. So I was like, fuck, it stayed in my stomach. And I was seriously felt sick as well, not just from the alcohol, but again, the amount of food that I had in me. So the first thing that I've done is basically I made myself sick and tried to get rid of as much as I could. And I was scared. Not with my health. I was scared that if any food stayed in my stomach and I'm going to be fucking fat. I know. Fucking crazy. Because guess what? Once I got rid of as much as I could, obviously I took like three or four Dorkalox pills at that stage. And I looked into the mirror and my face was nearly fucking broken. So my mouth and my nose was bleeding. Um, I had my eyebrow a little bit open. Because when I fainted, I fucking banged my head. And guys, nobody was around. I could have died. And I could have died in the way that the food is on the table. Everything is around me. The door, it was locked. And who the fuck would realize? And you know what came to my mind? If I die, do I want to be discovered like this? On the floor, bleeding and surrounded by food. I was like, no. I don't want to. I don't want to be this. I don't want to die like that. And that was the first one. But then, obviously, it was Saturday. And I was like feeling so sick because I was extremely hangover. I cancelled all my PT clients, personal training clients on that day. And for the whole day, I just did yum yum. Because I was like, I have the food. I might as well just fucking going for it. Now, a couple of days later, it kind of like hit me. So it didn't hit me straight ahead. It hit me a couple of days later that what I've just done, what just happened and how lucky I am that I'm still alive. And this shouldn't be my life. At the age of 32, I shouldn't live for binge eating and bulimia. Because basically for the 17 years, all that I was doing binge eating, bulimia, binge eating, bulimia. The anorexia was kind of still there, but it was more like this binge eating, bulimia. And honestly, it got to the stage that some days I was doing it for the whole fucking day, doing three, four, five rounds. Depends how much food and how much time did I have. I called sick to work numerous times because I wanted to do yum yum. And like, honestly, I took my life over. And now the way how I see, I wasted 17 years of my life. I've thrown out shitloads of money. 
I damaged my heart seriously. I lost happy memories. I lost, I lost so many things, guys, that this is what I tried to emphasize you right now. And that's why I gave you these three stories. How bad I used to be. How dangerous situations I was. How I used to think. And now, the way how I think that how much I have wasted. If you're one of them who is suffering from eating disorders. Guys, you don't want to wake up one day and then realize how much you have wasted. Life is so beautiful. Go out there and just look around. You might don't see it right now. It took me a good couple of months. But we have amazing miracles, opportunities in our life. And I will share with you a couple of tips how you can get over, how you can become stronger. Because after all these years, after all the shit that I've been through, I can claim and say that I recovered. You can do it too. And right now, my main message to you, or if you want to actually support someone, there is a light in the end of the tunnel. And trust me, if I say this, I will do anything to help you. Because if you made yourself a promise to be better, keep showing up. And I promise I will be there for you. So I wanted to share these examples, these stories with you to showcase that binge eating, bulimia, anorexia is dangerous. It's not enough voice about it. It's not enough talks about it. But right now, I want to make sure that you learn from my experience because I know we all learn from our experiences, our mistakes. But if you can learn from mine, please fucking take it. And honestly, my biggest message for you from this, don't waste your life. Okay? Thank you for listening. I know it's a long one. But I really appreciate if you stay with me for this 35 minutes. And take care of yourself. Stay tuned for the next one. Have a good day, guys.